0: Welcome. This is the Erica Glessing Show, where I interview creatives this year. I'm so excited about my guest today. I mean, really, she defines creativity in my mind's eye. She's a ceramic, ceramic queen. She talks to dragons. She's got several books published. Uh, just a little caveat, I did help her with some of the books. And I'd love to talk with Susan today, and maybe some of the dragons will even give us some messages about the process of being creative. So welcome, Susan. Hi.
1: Nice
0: nice to be here. Yeah. So what are you working on right now? What's one of your dragon pieces you're building right this second?
1: Oh, let's see. I, well, I'm not building much in the studio. It's cold this time of year, but um, I'm working on some more words than physical pots today. Your okay. Okay. <laughs> It's wintertime. Tell time. me, My tell is not me about
0: um, that beginning when dragons started giving you messages. Just tell us about the genesis of that because like not everyone I know gets messages from dragons.
1: So no. go back to the beginning for us. Sure, well we moved to a farm and I no longer had a studio um, and you know I was busy with kids and all fixing the farm up and all this stuff. So I hadn't made any pots for a long time. I kept feeling like dragons were tapping me on the shoulder and wanting me to make pots of them. And so when I finally got a studio set up, that's the first thing I did was start making dragon pots. Um, And I probably, I haven't stopped. I still am making dragon pots. I do a few other things now and again, besides dragons, but um, yeah, the dragons have been um, insistent and pervasive
0: (laughs) well i loved your book dancing dragon magic and you really did introduce uh, some of the different dragons and their characteristics one of the things i thought was interesting is they they seem to have their own world
1: they do i see them as having like an earth-like planet in an alternate universe something maybe um like if instead of dinosaurs we had dragons it's sort of boreal <laughs> and volcanic and you know it's it's that kind of a world it's hotter than here um but there's these very intelligent dragons that dominate the planet wow and I, think- um, I know you can't pick favorites
0: because they would just all uh all have a little. Uh, field day, but you do have a new flip book called Egg Story as told by the River Dragon to the Hatchling. So why don't you tell us a little bit about River Dragon and River Dragon's
1: characteristics? Okay. River's River's a young dragon. Let's see, he's only 500 years old. (laughs) Um, But that makes him kind of a a preteen in dragon years because they live, you know, much longer than we do and take longer to to grow up. And he has three, I guess they're half-siblings, they're his mother and the smoke dragon got together and created three eggs, um, and subsequently there were, you know, these triplet dragons hatched. Um, And he loves them very much, he's he's their big brother, and he comes and takes care of them now and then, you know, babysits them, does things with them, plays with them. And that's what the book is about. He wrote a book for them about their their own eggs and their own hatching, <laughs> and reading it to them. And these are little. Let's see. I don't know how old they'd be now, but they're just like toddlers. You know, they're still <laughs> toddler dragons, and they, they're at the point where they can talk. So they respond to him, and they you know they have a wonderful time. They're always giggling and laughing, and um, you know, they're sort of mischievous. And, Tell me
0: a little bit about, like, if, if you wake up, like, put yourself back in the shoes of someone who doesn't get little nudges from dragons all the time. Because I'm guessing some of the audience doesn't get to have that experience. Maybe,
1: maybe not. <laughs>
0: um, what can you recommend for someone to get more creative that's feeling kind of constrained by their day-to-day? Well,
1: I, I have to say, I don't, I never have, like, a block that I can't think of anything, you know, new and creative. I always say everything I do gives me ten more ideas of things that I, can get, <laughs> ten more things I can do. If I followed every one of them, I, you know, I could run for <laughs> thousands of years without. without anything. But some people feel they feel blocked And I and I think, well, they're just like halting their creativity. I let it fly with no boundaries. I mean, even if it goes into out, absolutely outrageous territory where no one will understand it I'm like okay but at least I went there and it was fun (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, just for my audience Susan and I go back pretty far because I've been supporting Susan James works in the world for a long time and so I remember one time I did like a meditation where we went out to a galaxy beyond a galaxy beyond a galaxy or something and you were like I was just there
1: how did you know that <laughs> yeah. i went there's a there's a place out there somewhere beyond our universe called the galaxy of sue it's it's really there i go there sometimes <laughs> i have i we you know creation is just out there and it's waiting i you know it's
0: funny you said that because obviously we're in the same tribe i was on the um uh, talking to one of my friends yesterday, and they were at work, and it was really boring. Like it was really quiet, and he's like, "What do you do when it's like boring?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm like, I can't be bored. Like it's impossible. Like if I if I'm
1: quiet for too long, I'm going to write a new book or do a new podcast." <laughs> yeah. Well, my husband is retired now, so we go places, and he goes and looks at things that I have no interest in. You know, old tractors. Yeah. <laughs> when, you know stuff cars coin stuff he likes so i keep a notebook in the car now and i say all right you go do i'm i'm here and i just write stuff and i love it sometimes i'm i'm a little put off that he came back so soon <laughs> you know, like, oh, <laughs> like, can you go <laughs> look at that tractor yeah. for another few minutes right i was just <laughs> getting someplace you know
0: Wow, that's so, so cool. Tell me about one of your favorite moments
1: on your dragon journey. Hmm. Moments. Gosh, there's so many. <laughs> well, I know that I, I, the the night dragon wants me to mention him. Um, he, is, <laughs> he is one of my, the first pots I made, the, one of the first dragons I met. And he's, um, he's like my oldest best friend. <laughs> He's just so—I um, don't know—and he's uh, funny, and he's—he's he's very dutiful. He does—he does things that he—that he feels he's there in the in his world to do. Um, yeah, fascinating character, and very, very much soothing and fun. I don't know. You'd think a dragon it, that likes to be play in the dark would be scary, <laughs> right? And, I have absolutely yeah. zero feel feelings of, of fright or anything around him. He's just, he's, I guess, comforting in the dark more than,
0: more you than. Know, good, like I remember in the, um, in the dancing dragon magic book, there was a party at one point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tell us,
0: the, tell us about the party. The
1: party. That was all so right. fun. They all brought things, right? <laughs> they do. Well, the, well, the first, the first party, they have like a yearly, meeting on Dragon Island just like all the dragons get together to hang yeah. out and uh-huh. they all bring food with them um, and uh, the uh, one interesting thing was that the ice dragon and the sea dragon pushed an iceberg from the north to the tropics from the from the you know Arctic to the tropics so that all the ice dragons would have a, a comfortable place to hang out while they were on the island for uh-huh. days. and um, <laughs> you know just the kind of things they do they just are making it the best party they can and they you know they the sea dragons bring food from the sea and then the the other dragons hardly ever get to you know like the sun dragon never fishes for anything Um, and he but he loves to eat the whatever they bring I Um, love it these stories seem so timeless but it seems like um
0: uh it seems like they would be pretty popular with like early teens tweens
1: tweens yeah probably they're um they're not too serious (laughs) with dragons (laughs) and they like to have fun that's why it's you know dancing dragon magic they they're into party you know they're kind of like partying even though they spend most of their lives you know they're kind of solitary they're out there in their own little. Made. Do they ever come in your
0: dreams or is it
1: always like when you're in pots or? Mm, when do I see them most? Mostly when I'm creating in my studio. Uh-huh. When I connect with them. When your hands um, are on the clay, then they start Yeah, I, I think I, uh, some sort of creativity. I'm so used to working in clay to be creative. It just kind of opens up that whole creative channel. Yeah. I guess it opens things so that they can come in.
0: Well, it's just been so much magic talking to you. I'm so glad you could come to my show. I'm so joyful to see what you're going to cook up next. Uh, why don't you just tell us a
1: little bit about where we can reach you and find out more? Okay, I have a website dancingdragonmagic.com and there's all sorts. You can see my pots. You can see uh, snippets of other books. You can see uh, you know, what I'm doing, where I am, what, what I'm hanging out. I have a blog that has videos and and whatnot in it that's sort of fun um yeah go check it out it's purple (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) thank you so much thanks for coming Susan well thank you Erica thanks for asking me